about Thomas Paine. Let's not. Let's not. <clears throat> sure, it's a podcast with two people. That means they have to break into song. Yeah. Lori, we recorded so many good things for this episode of Curb Face, and uh, it turns out the equipment was a little malfunctioning. Yeah. Was it just their last bit, or was it like me in the interview as was, well? No, it was just oh. this this section. Okay. Yeah, the interview is fine. So should Good. I quickly talk about the magical uh, Peeps variation that you bought for me? Yes. This is a podcast. It is called Carb Face. Hi, Lori. Hello, Chris. Do you know, I hear people introduce their podcast, mm-hmm. and they're so smooth. Mm. They're so wonderful. That's not us. Well, should it? it be? Like, could we know. just Could we just practice that? This is Carb Face. You know who you sound like? <laughs> you sound like Kai Ristall. Kai Ristall, the host of Marketplace. <laughs> Lori, let's just let's just rehearse. Okay. Let's rehearse. Let's we're gonna freestyle this. Listener, you won't have to listen to all of it. Hello, listener. Hello. Hello, listener. You don't have to listen to all these because we've edited just the best. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Do you wanna go or do you want me to start? To do the intro? Yeah. yeah you go yeah. first. This is Carb Face. It's a podcast about food, food media, and all the dickholes and assholes surrounding it. <laughs> I'm Chris. I'm Lori. And we're so glad you're back. Lori, let's get into the fun stuff. Yeah. Great. Okay, that was good. Wow. I liked it. You have Would a you? big smile on your face when you're... I do. Yeah. I do. Dickholes and assholes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are a lot. Yeah. That really covers everybody. Yeah. Why do we hate everybody so much? Why is everybody a we dickhole? We don't. Well, dickhole Dennis. Sure, but he, well, we actually like him. We do. And uh, everybody else is an asshole. Yeah. There you go. Lori, do you want to try one? This is Carb Face. That's it. Hard out. That's pretty good. This is Carb Face. This Carb Face. <laughs> We're... Were all those different takes, or were those all the same part of one I, take? I don't know. I okay. don't. I'm not a professional. Do you want me to remix it into a dance? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Great. I want air horn. I think you may have noticed. I'm very obsessed with air you horn. I love the air horn. Yeah. So just you and air horn saying, "This is carb face," and belching off mic. You know, we had these fucking durian candies. I didn't even consume one because they mm-hmm. were. I spit it out, mm-hmm. and now I'm. I'm belching durian it's my life is ruined <laughs> uh, <coughs> this is carb face wow. i want to i just want to be kyristol all right Lori, in the piece that we lost, we talked about all the podcasts we listened to, and oh I, I, I don't want to go back because I had a list, and maybe I'll just insert it here, sped up, of approximately 80 podcasts that I listened to, Fucking and it crazy. may do mad. It may do mad. Uh, other things I'm listening to, Keep It, 
seek treatment with cat and pat which is phenomenal how did this get made i'm listening to the conan podcast which i think are very fun i prefer inside conan versus them uh, conan needs a friend but conan needs a friend which is wonderful but inside conan is just uh, some people behind the scenes of the show uh friendly fire which i mentioned podcast the ride homophilia switchblade sisters stuff you should know but i gotta be honest i bank those oh no russ and carrie harmontown unspooled you're making it worse high and mighty Throwing Shade, Never Not Funny, Last Podcast on the Left, Judge John Hodgman, Meatless, a podcast about eating, uh, Don't Quote Me, Brains On, Science, Podcast for Kids, I thank those for uh, for long road trips with the kids. Last Culturistas with Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang. Half of them were by Ben Harrison and Adam Pranica. Easily half. And then the best podcast, which is Retail Nightmares, and everybody knows that. And then pretty much I listen to just about everything on from Maximum Fun and everything from Earwolf. So that's we've caught you up now you listen to four podcasts yep let's break them down i listen to carb face for radio yeah i listen to retail nightmares okay best podcast yep i listen to bitch sesh Mm -hmm. actually i guess there's five okay i listen to um throwing shade which is also on your list sure great and i listen to marketplace with kai (laughs) rizdahl The Brexit puns, the fucking, they had Janet Yellen on who said, I don't believe that our president understands how macroeconomics work. Wow. That is the sickest burn. Sick burn, Yellen. Yo, Yellen yeeted up on this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm turning 45 in two days. Can you tell? Mm Mm-hmm. I can. I don't don't want to be old. That's fine. But I want to get back (laughs) to Kai Ristall. Okay. Now, Kai Ristall. Who I famously, on this podcast and on the socials, have said I would not bake for him. Yeah, no. It bothered him. Mm-hmm. He came back. He said, what did I do? And I said, Kai, nothing. It's just an inner feeling that I have. I would not bake for you. Mm-hmm. And Did I, he accept that? No. I think he it was really, up, I think he was just concerned he had done something. Yeah. Because if you say to someone, I will not bake for you. Mm-hmm. That that's that's not even you're not my friend. It is yeah. you don't deserve nice things. Yeah. I don't know that I can explain it, but it mm-hmm. is a feeling that I have. However, when you said Kai Rizdal, he's a handsome man. Very. And I would just I'd like to go on record and say Kai Rizdal fucks. Okay. Kai Rizdal is an adult human male. Yeah. And, I, you know, age of consent. Of sure, course, of course. Of course he fucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's like this, I think he's got such control of his voice, the timbre, the the richness, the willingness to lean into the obvious. Mm. That tells me he fucks. <laughs> Kai... I'm so sorry. No, there's no doubt. That is not. That is not. It's not an insult. That's not an insult. I know, but it's that very, is, it's very personal. That is, it's not. Fucking isn't personal. Not with Kai. Kai doesn't make love. He fucks. <laughs> He's not looking to make babies. This podcast, if I have any legacy, <laughs> which I will not, mm-hmm. but if I do... Here's what I stand for. Has a mom. The glory of high chews, even though they don't sponsor us. Mm-hmm. Number three, Kyra Stall fucks. Fuck. All right. I guess I have to get on board with you that. You don't have to. No, 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 no. You don't have to. But 
this is the hill you're going to die on. Kai Rizdal, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. KRF. <laughs> <laughs> he is a handsome man. It's. I mean, it's really a shame that he's on radio. Cause yeah, I feel like it's a mess. Could, you know? It's a mess. I feel like he was on PBS at some point, but maybe not. I don't know. We're just blessed yeah. to have him. I mean... On a podcast? What happens? What happens the day Kai Rizdal dies? Oh, well, I'll tell you something that doesn't bye, stop. Bye, bye, Kai Rizdal's non-existent pie that Chris will not bake for him because he fucks too much. Does he fuck too much not, or just enough? I, it's not a quantity. Okay, it's a feeling. It is, it's a vibe. He fucks. He fucks. You cannot doubt it for a second. Kai Rizdal fucks. Other people on NPR that fuck. Terry Gross, mm-hmm. obviously. A thousand percent. She totally fucks. Ari Shapiro. Yep. Hard. I'm just, I'm just thinking of the name. Ari Shapiro that I know. fucks hard. Yeah. Oh. That, um, he is not a gentle lover. Everybody yeah. knows that. Ari Shapiro fucks hard. Nina Totenberg absolutely fucks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're gonna look in don't don't look in my eyes. I can't, no. I'm I'm just gonna keep fondling this happy cherry gummy candy. <laughs> If somebody said to me, who on Morning Edition fucks, first answer is Nina. Mm-hmm. Who else? It's been a while since I've tuned in. Yeah, yeah. same for I me. I forget the names. I'm, I'm uh, uh, Luke Skywalker. No, it's not a name. Fox. I don't, actually, I don't think Luke Skywalker does fuck. Colonel Sanders, yeah. Colonel Sanders fucks. Luke Skywalker turned it in a long time ago, I think. He's just living in a cave, it's, getting all uh, crusty. Colonel Sanders fucks, but it's mm-hmm. it's rough on everybody. But it's, but it's Reva with a strap on. Yeah, and it's so many chickens. Keep fucking that keep chicken. Fucking, keep fucking that chicken. It's awful. I saw awful. some really fuckable chickens you know, when I went when I went to France. They were dead. They were that does not help. Beautiful. Really? These beautiful chickens. They're oh. like the fancy breast chickens, whatever. They're sold with all their feathers. The head has been cut off and then placed next to the chicken in the display case. Mm. The feet are Nothing gorgeous. Nothing sexier. Nothing so, sexier. Nothing sexier than a chicken head. <laughs> it's like a $100 chicken if it's a day. Wow. Um, yeah. I didn't buy it because I was staying in an Airbnb that had a uh, microwave. Yeah. What? And how do you microwave a chicken? I don't know. I mean. Never tried. Yeah. Just Probably could. Yeah. You could. I don't think it would be good for you, you, the right. microwave, or the chicken. Right. Think about that chicken being told you're going to die. Yeah. Your head, your beautiful, sexy body mm-hmm. will be hanging in a window. The head mm-hmm. will be right beside it. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. You'll look great. Uh, you're going to be put in a microwave yeah. and you'll be inedible. Yeah. It's not, it's, not, it's not a good look. I didn't do any cooking on this trip. A lot of eating, though. All right. Uh, where else Where else would you find a sexy chicken? Top three places you'd find a sexy chicken. Sexy, well, well uh, France. France. Um, Halloween in mm-hmm. any neighborhood where there yep. are people who have recently graduated from college Great. and have some disposable income to yep. buy the sexy chicken costume. Sure, sure. In third place, sexy chicken? Um, like a Burger King semifinalist new mascot mm-hmm. contest. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some you Sexy know, chicken. chicken fries. They need they yeah. need some sort of charismatic megafauna to to sell the concept. There's going to be like eight to ten sexy chickens. They're like dropouts from the pageant circuit in like Oklahoma and Texas. Did you say megafauna? Yeah. 
Wow. It's like a large, <clears throat> no, large I know living what animal. It, oh, does it? Yes, I know. I, I was just admiring. I was just admiring megafauna, a sexy megafauna. Charismatic megafauna. Charismatic megafauna. I had that phrase edited out of a story I wrote last year. Like, Who'd you write that for? Who'd you write Roads that and for? Kingdoms. Roads and Kingdoms. They Come did a on. very light edit on everything I've ever written, but they always would take one thing out. Megafauna. It's Megafauna. great. When you hear it, Roads and Kingdoms, when you hear it, you hear the power. Yeah. And a lot of us read audibly in our head. Not actually audibly, but we hear it mm-hmm. as opposed to read it. And Megafauna would have resonated. Megafauna. Mm. Megafauna. Did you grow up in a place where there was like a... Did I have sexy chicken? Sure <laughs> I did. Did I cut their heads off? No, my dad did and I chased their bodies down. That's fun. Yeah. Did you grow up in a place that had like a speedway or like yes. a... Okay. Yes. And then did they do radio ads? Yeah. That were like... Sunday, Sunday, mm. Sunday. Yeah. We yeah. had one. Weedsport, which is the name of an actual town in upstate New York. Mm-hmm had a speedway and they would do car racing and whatever else. And then there also would be like very bad, not very bad bands, but like they wouldn't have, you know, the Steve Miller band. They would have like the little river band. Yeah. yeah, You yeah. know, they I wouldn't know. have Def Leppard. They would have fog hat. Wow. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. So you would like late spring, early summer, they would announce their lineup and they'd be like, you know, it's summer when they're rocking at Weedsport. <laughs> and then they would be like, you know, you know it's summer when yeah. you're rocking at Weedsport. Yeah, they'd be like, "Don't stop believing." A Journey cover band, <laughs> Smooch, a Kiss cover band. <laughs> so bad. What are some more? Can you think of any more? I like all yours. Bon Giorno, a Bon Jovi cover band. <laughs> They're not good. They're not good. I just come on up with them off the top of my head. Oh, a sweaty boss, a Bruce Springsteen cover band. <laughs> and then, like, the rest of the season is just like eight different Grateful Dead cover bands. Yeah. I would have been at all. all I know you would have. I know. <laughs> I just did the dance. You just did the hippie high dance, and yeah. it's just. It's a blessing for this world. Yep. I wish we could show it to our listeners, but we can't. Listeners, here's something that just happened to us. We received a giant shipment of candy and seasonings, <laughs> sauce packets yep. from Germany. And mustard. Two massive Are tubes those of mustard. mustards. Are yes. you sure? Yes. Can you speak German? Can no, you read it? No, but I have um, in my life have had german in-laws and they would often bring back tubes of mustard just like that i'm worried about this because it says middle scharfer delicatess scent milt frisch vermaholen senna cornen we just lost our remaining six listeners listen german language isn't the prettiest look at those little yellow orbs those are mustard seeds I don't, I don't know. I don't Also, know. delicatess, that's, that's, that's German for mustard. I'm right about this. That's fine. Fine. Why are we even debating if you're right about you're it? Because you're fucking. Jesus, I'm right. Okay, Lori, <laughs> great. Thanks for further debate. But the point is we got this amazing, amazing, um, almost 
too heavy to carry through the streets of New York, which I had to do from <laughs> from Rockefeller Center Post Office all the way up to 60th um, to where I work. And it was very heavy. And many people looked at me like, what is under your arm? And I said, mm. oh, it's a giant box of German candies. What do you want? This came from a very important listener, good friend, uh, Marisa Miller. Marisa, thank you so much. It is too much. And I think that was the point. Just yeah. like this is this podcast is too much. Yeah. Yeah. And yet sometimes not enough. Uh, this is an abundance of wonderful things. I think we it's safe to say we are going to share the wealth with people around us. Fuck um, that. I'm not. You're just going to go hard this is on it. Candy for a month at least. At least. Or f- in my house a week. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I cannot I I need to just redistribute it to friends and family because otherwise I will end the weekend a year older and very sad. Right. What I would like to focus in on though are the packets of seasoning. Mm-hmm. Uh for example, the nor packet and this yeah. is from, you know, it's a it's from it's in German. It looks like mushrooms and beef. Sure. Right? So yeah. Hackfleisch, Jaeger art. So Fleisch is meat, right? We know that. No, I don't know that. Well, come on. I don't know that. I do. Okay. You know it now because I told you. I'm trusting you. You, you yelled at me sp- about the mustard. I don't speak German, but there's certain things that you can go, oh, right, okay. Oh, Fleisch is meat. It means flesh. It's flesh. Okay, now I know, but I didn't know, but now I do. When you pretend. I don't pretend anything. I just am dumb, and I've made that very clear all of our partnership on this podcast. I'm an idiot. Uh, here's what I'm most excited about. The 15 different kinds of Haribo mm-hmm. that look crazy. Yes. Uh, we've got some chuppa chuppas. Mm-hmm. Right? We've got the, the uh, lollipops. Fantastic. Now, I would like to fight you for one thing. What? Ritter Sport. Now, Ritter Sport something that we can get pretty easily here in the mm-hmm. u.s now mm-hmm. so it's exciting yeah. love the biscuit mm-hmm. love the butter biscuit wrapped in milk chocolate this is one that it's in my hand i'm not going to give it to you it's oreo isn't it no it's Prescott? cocos what is it what does it mean well apparently coconut oh my god all right i will share Nah. i will share half it's all right i will share half I've eaten so much sugar already today. That's really not the point. This can go home safely okay. with you. <laughs> Doesn't that sound great? Yes, it does. Coconut? I'm totally into a that. A coconut Ritter Sport. If you don't know Ritter Sport, it's about a four by four uh, piece of chocolate. It's like what Kit Kat wishes it was. Well, don't shit on a Kit Kat, but yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a classic Listen, dinner in my household. As a mom, <laughs> I've always said, don't shit on a Kit Kat. Mm-hmm. It's not polite. Yeah. No, use that. You save that for uh, Three Musketeers? Yeah, absolutely. Or a Mars bar. Not yeah. a fan. Yeah. Not no, a fan. really? Mm-mm. I like a Mars bar. No. Not a fan. Okay. All right. Uh, Marisa, thank you so much. This is exceptional. It's fantastic. Yeah. Can't thank you enough. Mm-hmm. Over we, the top. We have posted photos on social. Check out Carbface pod on instagram and the twitters Lori's absolutely done something with it trying no oh, you're doing great work Lori. uh i almost called you max chris Lori, you you told us last time about your trip you went to england mm-hmm. 
Then you told us about the fuckable chickens in France. Anything yes. else in France? Else, I went to Paris for three nights. That was the last uh, three nights of the trip. Um, and the f- you know, everyone's like, "Oh, the food must have been amazing." It was pretty much across the board. Okay. There was one thing I was trying to think. Like, was there anything? Like, what was? The, I, I thought maybe you would ask me, "What's the worst thing you ate?" Or what Lori, was the what's worst the worst thing you ate in in Paris? Um, everything was very good. However, there was, and I didn't order. My friend ordered this. Uh, we went to our mistake. We just had to like go someplace for an hour while the our the apartment was being cleaned and mm-hmm. so we went to this cafe down the street which whatever it was convenient uh my friend ordered a milkshake wow and it was written on the menu as milkshake uh-huh. and i feel like if you're going to offer that you ought to know what that is okay and what came to the table <laughs> in no way resembled a milkshake mm-hmm. it was like they took the worst aspects of uh, chocolate milk, yeah, egg cream, yeah, and uh, like a beverage that you take uh, to prepare yourself for some sort of camera up your ass, <laughs> and they put those things together yeah. in a glass, yeah. and then they let it sit there for 10 15 minutes to get <laughs> a little bit room temperature, and then it came to the table. It's, it was an abject failure, you know, it's the French way, it's very, yeah. it's very French, it's, yeah, it was, it's very French. It was no bueno, um, <laughs> as the French say. It was no bueno. Uh, other than that, everything was a goddamn delight. You, your your time away looked wonderful. I was jealous. Does that help? Yes. Yeah. I was Honestly, jealous. every time somebody told me they were jealous, I, I was, was like, jealous. "Well, that is the point." I was jealous of every photo, even when you kept going back to that same fucking place. What place? In England somewhere. Oh, oh, we're here again. St. John, Oh, yeah. so good. It's good. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was good. Well, it was dinner. Did you eat the entire menu? Then lunch, and yeah. then I went to the bakery for yes. breakfast. Do you see my point? Yeah. I mean, move on. Yeah. .org. Yeah. Go somewhere else. The, uh, no, it's fine. It was great. It was great. Would you recommend yeah. going three times? Um. Yeah. Or, or 20. Depend, I mean, if you go with a large enough group and you can get a lot of the menu, you can go just once. If, okay. you're, if you're one or two people, I think two meals is appropriate. Mm-hmm. And then you also go to the bakery because... It's special. Yeah. The All donuts right. especially. I mean, and I don't think of donuts as a particularly British thing, but man, they fucking hit it out of the park with those donuts. Good and job, I don't British normally, donuts. I don't even eat a donut, but I was like... British donuts, you do? So Well, St. John donuts. St. John British donuts, you do? <laughs> No, where's St. John? It's in London. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't really tell you any more no, specific No, we don't need that. directions. Just, it's in London. London, yeah. All right. Yeah. Right, if you're in London, go to St. John, get the donuts. Yeah. Don't get the French milkshake. At don't the, do it. At the shitty place on Rue Saint-Jacques. Don't do it. I want to go back to Kai Rizdal. Where <laughs> do you think... He fucks? Yeah. Where do you think he doesn't fuck? I, I'm going to tell you something. I think his radio studio is sacred. Yeah. Yeah, he's a professional. I, he is. Uh, I think he probably likes a mid-level hotel, like okay. a um, That's nice. like an Orange County, uh, mm-hmm. like fancy Hilton. Oh, that's nice. You know? Yeah. I would say maybe if he, if it's special, he's going to the W. Mm. Right? Is the W Other, special? Um, for Kai it is, and... <laughs> He does love the Weston Heavenly Bed. Mm-hmm. And that's just a fact. That's mm-hmm. something we know about Kai. He mm-hmm. makes it clear. In all of his relationships, he makes it clear there will be a heavenly bed. Wow. 
of his golden locks mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. are that are just defying I picture nature. him with grayer hair I'll show you the picture Is it golden it's kind of I mean yeah it's it's sort of a right. a no I trust you you've been right about the German blonde. language why wouldn't you be right about Kai's hair yeah and if I'm wrong don't correct me where else where where now I want to pull him up mm. that's what he said wow yeah he's a handsome man yeah trim trim too. And like the amount of gesturing that he's doing. Yeah, he's doing a video, lot of gesturing for an Instagram video. I, I love it. I he's love on. It. He's ready yeah. to perform. He's in England for the next 10 days covering Brexit. Hey. Kai, go Kai. to St. John. Get the boner pie. It's so good. Get the boner pie. Get the donuts. Get the donuts. Put them together. That's how babies are made. Yeah. Boner pie and donuts. Yeah. Did you say boner pie? I did. Tell me more. It's a steak and kidney pie, and it comes with a uh, shank bone uh-huh. uh, sticking out of the top uh-huh. of the crust of the pie. Why? I don't know. I guess it probably it's it's a visual peel, of course. Sure, sure, sure. And B, it probably serves a venting function that might otherwise be like you know that. with the slits in the crust. So okay, um, it's exciting. It's an exciting little it bit. It is of theater. exciting. Kai, get excited. <laughs> Kai, get the boner Stick pie. Stick your dick right in the boner <laughs> pie. This is, is hot. <laughs> oh my god, we gotta stop. I'm so sorry, Mrs. Rizdahl or Mr. Rizdahl or MX Rizdahl. MX Rizdahl, we're not sorry. Yeah. Let's honor. Why don't we honor people who fuck? Why don't we do what you do when you did what you did to me? That's a sad song. You know why we don't? Because I don't want to anymore. Wow, good. Good answer. (sighs) Lori, I'm proud of us. (laughs) We'll be known for three things. You'll be known as a very talented writer. You'll be known as sometimes a good person. Mm. And I will be known for naming The guy who said Kyra's doll fucks. Yeah. Yep. I feel like you should bake for him now, given that you've... I'll bake for you. You've you've made such an example of his personal life. It's just the truth. It's not personal. It's not personal. I'm not speculating. These are facts. (laughs) Facts first. (laughs) Kyra's doll fucks. All right. I think that's a great place to go directly to our attorney's office. Good punctuation. Oh, Dorian. Guess where I'm going. You done? New Jersey. Yeah, I'm going to Jersey. New Jersey. Okay. Let's be. Wow. Let's be real clear. Wow. (laughs) That was a lot aimed at me. I'm also going to Washington, D.C. Okay. Thanks. Brag. I'll be taking. The Acela. Fuck you. Lori, do you know what I've learned to do on the Acela? Uh, not drink the coffee. Right. I'd bring my own coffee. Very smart. Thanks. Very wise. Yeah. Insulated thermos uh-huh. thingy. Sippy cup type of deal for adults. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. One of those sippy cups. Yes. For adults. I sort of hate them. Yeah, but. But they're for adults. Stays hot. Yeah. 
And that's really what it's all about here at Carface. We have a guest. We do. She's in the room. She is. She's heard all of this and she loves every <laughs> She's bit putting of on it. Her coat She's a world traveler as well. Very much so. Guest, can you please tell us your name? Hi, I'm Yasmin. <laughs> Yasmin, what's your last name? I'm Yasmin Khan. Yasmin Khan. And where would we know you from? You might know me from best-selling books. Oh, such as wow, yeah. wow. Yeah, that's right. You're throwing down. That's right. Well done. Uh, such as The Saffron Tales uh-huh. or, or perhaps Zaytun. Uh, both um, huge hits on both sides of the Atlantic. <laughs> it is. I love your confidence and yeah. your truth-telling. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not lying. You're not. You are a big deal. And as I was digging in to prepare for this interview, which most people think I don't prepare for interviews, but I do, uh, you, this is a smash hit book. Yeah, it's. Um, I think I've been really pleasantly surprised by how well it's been received because um, it was such a hard book to write and I almost gave up on it twice to the extent of like wanting to give my money back to the publisher and not wanting to finish it Um, and it's about a topic that's very polarizing it is (laughs) and yet it seems to have been really well received so yeah, it's it's quite an interesting time for me. I've just kind of arrived back in New York after zipping around the country quite a lot. Um, zipping around the country talking about Palestine, which in the current context is also, has been very interesting. Mm. Yeah. What, um, what do yeah. Americans understand and or know about Palestine? Because I f- am worried that you're going to say not very much. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean by that? Well, I'm guessing that when you're out there promoting your book and you were in like, you know, mostly liberal coastal cities, right? But even probably in in those places, and I'm not saying that I know a lot about it either, you know? Um, But I'm I'm guessing that you ran into um, a lot of people that had a lot to learn. Mm. Um, And what was was it like out there talking about this book and talking about Palestine? Yeah. Um, Man, I just... It was just fascinating. Uh, so coming from the UK, seeing the difference between Europe and the US on this issue was just, I mean, I knew that the US was particularly uh, sensitive on this topic, but the extreme of, of, of views, I mean, just seeing the news while I was doing my tour with all the Ilhan Omar stuff happening was just fascinating. But I think, um, look, I've been actually also talking about this subject for many, many years, like about 12 years. So Part of the reason why I wrote the book was I felt that it was an issue that people, you know, perhaps don't know as much about as they want to know, but find it a little bit confusing. It's a bit intimidating. Also, just sometimes just saying the word Palestine in America, you feel like a ripple runs through the room. Like, ah. and, and the whole point of what I'm trying to do is trying to break that down a bit. It's OK to ask me any question. I always start off my events like that. Like, we're here to have a conversation. We're not all going to, you know necessarily get to the same point until we're comfortable talking about it in a calm way throwing a few jokes I always think it works well if, if you try and do both um, um, I've talked a lot about the wall um, that's something that I think is a real link between what's going on in Israel Palestine and what's going on here 
Um, that was a huge part of conversation in a lot of places I went. I mean, interestingly, so the difference when I when I released this book in the UK and it just did really well in the UK as well. But there it was like, oh, Yasmin Khan's written a great book. Like, look at these recipes. They're so delicious. Here, I mean, in my events, I, ha I don't think I got asked about a recipe like more than three times. It was just like really uh, questions about kind of, yeah, I mean, I talked about the wall, questions about um, some of the issues around kind of Israel and Palestine and cultural appropriation and food and what I thought of that. I've got very strong views that that debate is just ridiculous, but that's a separate point. Um, uh, I got asked about, um, you know, the reporting and how it's reported differently here. I got asked about kind of what I saw. So the questions in the US were so different from questions in the UK. And I think that was the biggest surprise. No one was just like, so tell me about hummus, which was so more, the more the UK right. kind of level. Of, so yeah. tell me about hummus, yeah, please. You know, I first went to Israel in the West Bank uh, in 2009, and I never really got hummus and falafel until I went there. Uh, you know, it's 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 so easy to get bad falafel, mm -hmm. I can feel. Like, it just can be just the most mealy, dry, disgusting thing that you put in your mouth and you're just are chewing and you're waiting for it to end. Um, but then you go there, and all of a sudden, falafel is this flavorsome, aromatic, crispy ball of, you know, goodness that is enveloped in beautiful hummus that's silky and smooth and like drenched in tahini so I think yeah it's it's always a good place to start because no matter how bad the situation got when I was traveling around I knew that I could end the day with some really good hummus mm. and sometimes you've got to take the small things in life mm. and and I think the good food of the region is certainly something that got me through on those first research trips a decade ago now, what were you doing? You weren't researching the book a decade ago, right? Can you talk about the work that you were doing uh, 10 years ago? Sure. I was working for a nonprofit mm -hmm. in the UK, um, and I had I was a campaigner. So like mm -hmm. my brief was pretty was broad. It was focused on corporations and conflict mm -hmm. in the Middle East. So it was looking at Israel-Palestine, you know, the uh, Iraq war, the aftermath of that was still going on, Afghanistan, the occupation was happening. So, you know, quite a quite an easy, yeah. light, yeah. light brief. Totally. <laughs> um, so that's what took me over there with my kind of boss. We were visiting some projects that uh, we were supporting, which were involving some farming communities mm -hmm. uh, that were farming olives and then also um, some communities that were resisting the building of the wall that mm. uh, Israel's building through the West Bank. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So what what was the difficulty in, in writing this book? Um, you said that you want there were two times when you wanted to just give up. What was it the sort of the political static around it? Or tell us about what you know, what were your roadblocks while you were writing it? Yeah, I mean, there were a couple. I think the first one was um, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't been back to the region for about five years. And I found both my research trips really quite traumatic. Like mm. it was, it was bad. Like what's happening there is is one of the worst, you know, examples of human rights violation that we see in the world. Mm. And when you're going around interviewing people about that, you know, I think you absorb it. I think yeah. that's a natural thing that happens to journalists, to aid workers. You know, and you come back and you're like, okay, well, that's a lot of material. 
But I mean, how the fuck do I put that in a cookbook? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. hi, you just told me about how someone you know got shot in the face by a soldier. Let's talk about, you know, pita bread. Like, how <laughs> what, how could yeah. I, like, see, I was just looking at it all and being like, how can I put the two together? Because no one wants to be bummed out reaching, reading a cookbook. Yeah. Um, and also it felt super frivolous. Yeah. And I was yeah. just like, you know, oh, you're here running a cookbook, you know. I it just, mm-hmm. here I am, you know, as an olive farmer and, you know, settlers are coming and uprooting my trees. And you, I mean, it just, I was just like, this is, you know, um, I'm just, as listeners, I'm currently literally pulling my hair and I had to stop myself doing that. But yeah, it, it, it's tough. And I think as a, as a writer, I, I thought that the tone was, was one that I, I, I didn't know how to strike. Um, mm-hmm. And I then actually, if I'm really honest, between the first and the second research trip, I didn't want to go back. Wow. Um, as I was, you know, uh, so yeah, you know, and it how was did, hard. How did you push through? Did you have advice, somebody telling you kind of how to do it or? A few different ways. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't like to give up on projects. So uh-huh. I mean, I think that was one. Uh, I knew I had a lot of good material. I knew that if I could work it out, it could be something quite special. And then I, I also felt that actually I had gone and done half the research and I had a responsibility to share some of those yeah. those stories. So, you know, I might as well do it. Um, I think I f- I'm very lucky with the editorial team that I had because mm. my book is a cookbook, but that starts with a very unusual opening, which is my detention at Tel Aviv Airport. Mm. And um, I, I just decided to to just write what happened. Mm-hmm. And actually this is a segue into somebody that we both, you know, well, I didn't know, but halfway through writing the book, I went on a trip to Japan with Roads and Kingdoms, mm-hmm. um, this incredible kind of travel uh, and food and politics website. And it was where I met you for the first time, Laurie, mm-hmm. and um, met someone who became a dear friend of mine, Kate, uh, who was one of the directors on the project and talked to her a lot about this writer's block that I had. And, you know, she gave me a great bit of advice that was, maybe you could just write a shitty second book because you know that's also yeah. something you write a really good book with the saffron tales she's like you know it would be okay if this wasn't great and i think that actually for a creative is a really good way to just get you started mm. um like maybe you know maybe i could just write an okay book yeah. and and then it just get on with it mm. so i think that really helped that second album syndrome and then because the project um you know, Anthony Bourdain was involved in it because he uh, was obviously closely involved with Roads and Kingdoms. Um, I went back that summer and reread Kitchen Confidential. And I remember thinking um, when I reread it, which is the first time I'd read it, like, you know, again, for, for a very long time, like what made his voice such a unique voice in the food media and the media at large was actually just saying things how they were mm-hmm. and not you know mm-hmm. like being very like you know this is a shit experience this is a good experience like we don't always need to make the food media like oh my god here i am in front of an incredible market having the most wonderful time and do you know what i mean it's yeah. so it's so fake sometimes yeah often actually mm-hmm. travel mm-hmm. isn't always great no. you know like <laughs> i travel a lot it isn't always fun no, and I sometimes think, you have to take yeah. a clonopin to get, to get <laughs> yeah so, yeah. But it's true. And it's interesting because I think with a mixture of those advice and, you know, I think as creatives, you're always getting little influences from the people you work with. I was like, well, I really admired this guy. He just fucking didn't give a shit when he wrote Kitchen Confidential, which is mm-hmm. why it worked. Right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it was like, I'm just going to write what the hell I want. Yeah. So I start with a detention at Tel Aviv Airport. Why not? That's yeah. what happened. 
yay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. I think one of the things that I have really enjoyed actually with the book and I'm going to be proud about it because I worked hard on this book and it was hard and and it's done well is that it shows that you know it shows that you can challenge the medium of how we we write these these books on food and travel you know travel and life isn't all this saccharine sweet Instagram here I am on a beach having a great time Mm -hmm. you know it's Mm -hmm. really sad it's frightening it's depressing like it's like the the I wanted to really write about what I believe travel really does show you which is the 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 you know the whole of the human experience Mm. because that's that's what I'm interested in Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm Chris is looking at me. And well, looking no, at what do you guys Chris. think? I've been told so here's what what do you know? You're our guest. Yeah. <laughs> Lori, what do you think? I got quite passionate. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I think, every, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, Tony wrote Kitchen Confidential to make his friends laugh. And the best and sort of most uh, revolutionary, or at least pushing whatever genre forward, um, the best examples are always things that, are, that take it from a new and surprising and, and honest angle. You know, I, when I worked in... Um, uh, I worked for a magazine that was very much about polish and, uh, you know, uh, everything was surface. And I, I did the sort of food stuff for the web and I was constantly getting pushback on the art that I would choose. I, you know, I, there'd be a chicken recipe and I'd say, all right, well, here's this beautiful chicken. It happened to be raw and it was like, are you fucking kidding me? We're not going to put a picture <laughs> of a raw chicken on our website. You know, like, like the idea that food would ever exist in a raw form was a problem, you know. Uh, and that was 10 years ago. And I, I, you know, then that's that I think that publication was a, an extreme example, but it's crazy, you know, because food does start raw. And just because you don't mm-hmm. see it and your fucking housekeeper is the one who has mm-hmm. to handle the raw chicken, like it exists. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm totally on board with you. I think it's I think old food media was so boring and so like geared toward a extremely narrow uh population that I think it's wonderfully refreshing to and it's super memorable to read about your detention and and it's probably a common experience for people yeah. you know who go to these places and they should know like I'm not you're not going to float in you know looking for the fire festival you know on a barge <laughs> of olives and yeah. cash like it's it's yeah. it's real so yeah 1010 would read again <laughs> highly recommend <laughs> Chris what do you think so here's what I think I think uh uh, let's see if I can shove my way through this. I w- wanted to come in today telling you how great the cookbook was because I had read it, but I hadn't. I had cooked from it. And you, you're talking about the Tel Aviv story, and I've been sitting here pretending I know the Tel Aviv story, but let me tell you, and I don't know that we'll keep this, but let me tell you exactly how it started. Um, this book is fraught for me because I don't because I know horrible things are happening to people, but I don't have a solution, and mm. so I avoid it. That's interesting. Oh, I'm not. I don't think it's admirable uh, in any way. I'm just trying to be really honest about it. And again, I can edit this. Um, and I started to read your detention story, and I thought, I don't know where this is going. I'll just look at the recipes. You got scared? I didn't know what was on the other side of that story, mm. but mm-hmm. I knew there were really good recipes in yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. And so I wanted to go look at that. And just hearing, I don't think it's admirable. I am not proud of that. Uh, 
And I'm not proud that I am afraid to deal with the situation because I know I can avoid it. And so I do. And I don't, I don't, I don't know how to move out of this except to say I'm inspired to go back and read and not just cook. The recipes are wonderful. Uh, I posted photos. It's my whole family loved it. It was just beautiful. Um, I'm excited to make more and I'm excited to actually read the words and not just cook the food. So I'm sorry. No, this is great. What do you mean? I mean, basically I've had two people who've read my book. One, one person's like, Oh, I love the writing. It's memorable. I'll never forget it. And another person says the recipes are great. I'll make them again. I can't wait. So as a cookbook author, I mean, I think I've hit the nail on the head. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I think for also, also for, not but can we can we talk yeah, about why you're uncomfortable? Oh, you can dig in. Oh, yeah. So what's going on? Why? Uh, I th- I think from growing up as an evangelical Christian, mm. we were taught to immediately identify with with the Jewish state, be pro-Israel, hundred percent, and it's it's very much reflected, I think, in the Republican Party here in the U.S. of Either you're always with Israel or you're absolutely against Israel. And there's no, you can't be on either side. Like, or you have to be on a side. There is no, we can be for all people and figure a way through this. Uh, So there's this right and wrong view of it that I've certainly moved away from in my life, but I don't, I've not yet dealt with the humanity that is involved on all sides because I think it's, I don't know how to solve it. Not that it's up to me to solve it, but I don't know how to reconcile it in my own mind. So mm. I avoid it. Mm, that's interesting. I think the, um, well, you know, it's also okay not to like engage with every issue that exists in the world. The world's well, a pretty, you know, shitty place. This is a pretty big one though. Yeah, uh, this is a pretty big one. And it, I think um, I think your response is really common. I yeah. think that's how a lot of people feel about Israel-Palestine. They're like, ah, you know, um, just, re- you know, recoiling, like, wanting to put your hands over your ears. Just, you know, it, it can be, it, it's almost the language around the issue has been so fraught that it's often indigestible, I think, yes. to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not meaning to, you know, sing my own praises on this. I think when my editor bought this in the US, um, they said that one of the things they liked was that it took a subject that was indigestible and and tried to make it, you know, in small chunks. Here's a little bit on Jerusalem. Here's a little bit on Gaza. Here's a little bit on the wall. Try to make it something that you could just read over a cup of coffee and it would make some sense. So Mm. I... I think your response is completely uh, understandable, but well, I, I, you're exactly the kind of person who I wrote the book for. So, uh, thank you. I thank you for writing it. Um, <laughs> I promised to actually read it. Yeah. But you know, the recipes are great. So, you know, the recipes are really good. They are yeah. really, really good. Uh, so, for people like me who uh, are feeling insecure on where they stand when the word Palestine is said. Let's put on our brave pants and yeah, and let's delve <laughs> read, in. Read the because book. the other thing I would say is I did a podcast with another friend of mine and Laurie's Nathan Thornburg, yeah. who's 
again from Roads and Kingdoms and he's uh, been a reporter in the region he's also you know Jewish heritage and we had in our conversation we both pointed out that actually people are a lot more sensitive and polarized on the issue in the United States than they are when you actually go to Israel and the West Bank like over in Israel and the West Bank people have nuanced conversations where most Israelis would agree that the Israeli state is a load of shit I mean like Netanyahu just got indicted for corruption Mm. whereas here everyone's like no you can never say anything I mean it's just and and me and Nathan were like we've been there people aren't so crazy about it as they are here what's that all about so I do find that it's a very unique American or United States issue of you know yeah well it's like if you know anything about it is is, you know that already kind of puts you in a small category but then there's also I think a real fear I mean, the the knee jerk response is any criticism of Israel is is automatically you're an anti semite. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's a very easy yeah. way to shut down any further conversation. Yeah. And people, you know, who wants to be an anti semite? That's not a great yeah. thing to be. <laughs> it's literally the word, and also it's you know, this is a, you know, it, it's a very it's a subject that gets me yeah quite riled because by definition, the kinds of people who care about human rights. Mm-hmm in people uh, are generally going to want that for everyone, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, and being called anti-Semitic. I mean, it's probably one of the worst things you can say to someone. Certainly, I think, you know, for, for me, it is. Um, and yet consistently, anytime anyone says anything, I mean, we could play a fun game and read out some comments that were on the New York Times comment oh, section oh, after wow, my, wow. Uh, uh, after the article they did on me. Um, but um, it's almost as if, what I always find surprising is that, you know, by just speaking up for one group's human rights, another group seemed to think it's okay to, like, throw loads of abuse at you. And, like, the irony isn't lost that, like, mm. you know, all, all, all anyone's talking about is equal rights. You know, Israelis mm-hmm. deserve to live in peace and right. safety. Palestinians deserve human rights. Like, it's right. literally that simple. Like, no one's saying we want to take away anything from anyone. Yeah. But yet this anti-Semitism thing, and it's it's a great tactic. And it's used, we're seeing it used at the moment in the UK, and we're seeing it used in the US. Mm. And um, what I think is really inspiring here in the US, however, is incre- I think the thing that is really changing, and this is definitely something I felt on my tour, was that um, all over the States, kind of young Jewish groups, you know, um, really I think mobilizing against this narrative you've got incredible um, groups like Jewish Voice for Peace that have just had the most vocal and wonderful um, being the most vocal and wonderful work all across the US um, saying look you know as, as Jews we we, we, we're just here standing in solidarity with people and just and really trying to shift the narrative right. so it's I, I have to say I've actually, and I'm surprised by this, but at the end of my tour, I've come back feeling really hopeful because I do think the narrative is on some level changing in the US. Mm. Um, Because in a way, it's got so extreme now that people Mm. can see that, well, this is ridiculous. We should be able to criticize any government, like, you know, but... When your president's like hand holding uh, hands with like yeah. Saudi Arabia, like the bin, worst. The, like literally, you know, the bin Salmans and mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. and the Netanyahu's. I mean, it's just yeah. a it's a tough position. So listen, we've got a, a little candy break here because that's what we do on Carb Face. And Yasmin, you you deserve candy as well, but I'm not sure that you deserve this candy. Why? I don't I don't know. It could be very polarizing. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so we Candy are. Candy for all. We are, we are. Oh, we'll share. Don't worry about that. You just may not love it. So this is Brock's mm-hmm. Lori. Mm-hmm. I got this special for you. Okay. Because I know how much you love circus peanuts. Yeah, I do. I do. And this is as close to circus peanuts as I think we're going to find for okay. the. I'm going to say spring season slash Easter, because okay. this is Jesus candy. This is straight out Jesus yeah, candy. Yeah, uh, Chicks and rabbits. Chicks and rabbits. So it's hard marshmallows. Well, nowhere does it say Easter on the package, no, right? No, it doesn't. I mean, it's, it's, it's implied all over. Are we but... that excited about spring? No, I mean, I don't know. All right. So I got a yellow chick. These are yellow. I'll, I'll Wait, cut is out it, the Jesus. Is it like, um, oh my God, it really is. It's circus peanuts, but they're spring shapes yeah 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 spring oh, shapes even, and s- it smells terrible it smells like circus peanuts do you, Would you like do you know circus I mean, peanuts what is this? It's, no it's, one knows circus peanuts are like the oh, worst smells so bad yeah yes. <laughs> oh wow oh it's horrible it's circus peanuts are like <laughs> if like, a marshmallow um i don't know what if a marshmallow like got dense and sugary drank so much that its whole body became a cirrhosis liver mm-hmm. oh so good I love it. It's, do you know what? It tastes better than it smells. Yeah. <laughs> and these are softer. Which is a very low bar. <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> if, only, if only such nice things could be said about me. <laughs> I what do love you think? it. I love it. You're happy. I'm happy because, well, I told you before we started talking that um, I went through a, like 10 um peeps today in my stress you know lead up to packing and everything I was like I'm just gonna have peeps I just have to and I just and not for the first time this week walking down the street in my neighborhood you know full winter coat it's winter with a flat of peeps just in my hand open hand eating them on the sidewalk like I don't I don't feel like that's a civilized normal thing to do and yet I thought who's gonna fight me about this no everyone understands when you see a woman eating peeps out in the open on the street you just (laughs) give her a large berth on the sidewalk. So I've had a lot of peeps today already. So I'm glad you didn't bring peeps. And this is like in the same spiritual wheelhouse. And yet it feels it's a little more substantial. I feel like I'm having a steak. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's some kind of plastic in yeah. my mouth. Yeah. Oh, sure. There's yeah. plastic in there. It's yeah. old there's retainers no and like yeah. dental floss. Yeah. So good. Absolutely. It's how we recycle. <laughs> we put it into our candy. Uh, I gotta say, that was much better. I mean, I'm gonna than have a, another one, right? I mean, but. they're so sugary. <laughs> yeah, they basically. It's horrifying how sugary. Yeah, my they are. my teeth hurt. Like, there's there's more candy though. So we got a gift. Oh, more. oh yeah, okay. we got a gift. <laughs> this is from Jennifer Marmer. Oh, Jennifer yeah. is friend of the pod. She is the producer on the podcast. Judge John Hodgman with John Hodgman and Jesse Thorne as the bailiff, where they solve problems. Please subscribe to her podcast. She does a wonderful job producing it, and she's been a mentor to this podcast. So thank you, Jennifer, for all the help that you have done behind the scenes and giving good advice. She sent us a gift. She also sent us a very nice note, which you can take with you and read. We won't read that on air, but she sent us two things. Number one, she sent us high shoes. Okay. Because she knows. Mm-hmm. I'm down with that. Right? High shoe sours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She went sours because she gets it. She knows what's up. She also sent us something called milkita. Mm. It's the word milk. Mm-hmm. And I do say it in the Midwestern way milk. Mil- milk. Milkita. <laughs> 
little which milk. is a v- <laughs> yeah little milk <laughs> uh, vanilla shake candy she thought this would be really interesting she didn't promise anything yeah she just thought it was we're gonna find out is it american it looks f- how dare you it's not right it's got to be like of german of course or it's not it's a product of indonesia and i say Ooh. yes wow i say okay. yes to everything here so we're gonna go for the uh, milkita milkita vanilla shake candy yeah i think we should have that first for sure. yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and yeah. then the high chili as a palate cleanser yeah. 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 yeah yeah so i'm gonna just read the back while we open Thank and you. please eat. don't i don't want to know what's in it Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to do that. Oh, I, no, I think you do. <laughs> do I? First oh. ingredient, sweetened condensed milk. Oh, hello. Yeah. Oh. I like a culture mm. that, that puts milk at the Ooh. center of its like dessert offerings. Oh, right. It looks like, uh, I don't know. It looks like a... Oh, it's Werther's chewy. Original. Yeah. It's, a little bit of a Werther's original it's look. It's hard, but chewy. Mm. It tastes oh. like a condensed milk toffee, basically. Mm. There's nothing wrong with this. It's it's pretty good. I like it. Oh, I like it a lot. Jennifer. Wow. This so is wonderful. A plus. Mm. Yeah. If you compare the Brock's mm. spring candy mm. to this, mm-hmm. I I want to go to Indonesia. Yeah. It's there's no comparison. It's I a mean, better name as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Milkita. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. It's playful. Oh, it also says <laughs> Made from real milk, this classic flavor is not only delicious, it's also a good source of calcium. Great. Mm. Well done. I'm going <laughs> to... You don't know. I'm going to not <laughs> no. really... Four pieces, 60 calories, oh, and right. 10% of your calcium for the day. Mm. So okay. if you eat 40 pieces... <laughs> yes. <laughs> you that's will. 600 calories. That's not that much that's that's a for dessert. Much. No. no, that's fine. No, no, no. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and should we do the haichu sours? Yes. We've yeah, got classic. lemon, grapefruit, and lime. Can I'll let you take your pick. Yes. Yeah. Just will you pass? These chews are so good. Mm. And they're on a high note. They are amazing. Jennifer Marmer, I'm going to tell you something. We've never met. You're one of my best friends. <laughs> it's just how it is. It's just how it is. Um, I forget what I made. I was going to tell you what I made, but I don't remember now because it's been a while. Did you it make a so chicken good. thing? I did make a chicken thing, but I can't remember which one. And so you made a okay. soup, I think. Like oh, a, yeah, like you a, made a soup. An orange or red colored soup. Oh, yeah, the red lentil and squash soup. With zatar croutons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, highly recommended recipe for everyone to try is the red lentil and squash soup with zatar croutons. Zatar is a big favorite spice in our family, and I don't know why. Because it's delicious. It is. Well, of course, it is that. It is that. Oh, I know why. Because one of my son's friends had him over, and it's a big zatar family. It's a big zatar yeah. family. So he came home saying, please buy, uh, please buy flatbread. I forget what he said, but buy flatbread and get sitar. And I said, well, we have sitar here. He's like, why didn't you tell me? Because it's incredible. It's it is incredible. really good. And the Palestinian way to eat it is, or one of the main ways that they eat it, is to have a small bowl of extra virgin olive oil, um, another small bowl of za'atar, and then you have your flatbreads and you, you dunk. You, you kind of dunk in the oil, dunk in the flatbread in the mouth and that's, that's really good you, you, they often have that with little balls of labneh which is strained yogurt for breakfast 
Yeah, they're kind of really into the savoury yogurt zatar olive oil breakfast. That's a good way to go. We had some questions for you from our Twitter mm. readers. There were two. There may have been more. Yeah. Um, the la- I saw two before yeah, I left the house. Um, we, oh, I'll ask them. You can answer them. We can decide if we want to keep them or yeah. not. Um, they're very innocuous. One is... Um, do you ever have a period of time where you feel like you're tired of cooking, you're not inspired, you don't want to cook, and what do you do about it? Like if all so. the time. Yeah. All the, doesn't everyone? No. Some people don't. Mm. I do. I think, I think so. After I finish, um, it depends. You know, if I've, um, I often joke that when I, I mean, I've only written two books, I'm working on my third, but like when I'm in the middle of writing cookbooks, I'm often my other my main meals tend to be cheese sandwiches mm, mm-hmm. because you're just you're all you're really doing is kind mm. of cooking and recipe testing and then i'm just like ugh, i just i just want cheddar cheese and bread and like, that's it is that yeah. is that the only cheese because otherwise we're going to do top three cheeses for a cheese sandwich oh interesting top three cheeses cheddar i mean <laughs> cheese isn't in my top 15 food group wow 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 where would it be? Like top fifty? Yeah, I guess. Wow. wow she's lukewarm your, on cheese. Your indifference speaks yeah. volumes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. What t- top three food groups? Go. Noodles. Fine. Of course. Number two. Oh. Bread. Sure. I mean, maybe it's just the carbs. Well, you're on carb face. I'm so. carb. Yeah. yeah. Oh, rice. Rice. Oh, right, really, rice really rice well three. Bread noodles. Rice bread, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a book in that. Um, so you had a big splash with this book when it was published in the States, and that was about what um, uh, early February yeah. of, of, of this year. Um, and there was a lot of, you had um, some articles, and you did a lot of interviews. And uh, did you find Americans' squeamishness or feelings about Palestine, did that extend also to the process of yourself writing about the books or having other people write about you i say the books the book um writing about you or you know how did how did that all play out for you promoting the book yeah i think again that was such a difference between the uk and the us Mm -hmm. um so the book got a lot of press coverage in in yeah all kind of national newspapers Mm -hmm. big magazines and you know sometimes i'd be really pleasantly surprised so um there was one magazine of kind of really leading women's magazine um, that contacted me and, and kind of was going to do an interview. And I assumed the first question would be, you know, like, tell us your favorite recipe. And, and her first question was, or her first statement was, so she was quite young. She's like, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm Jewish. I've been on a birthright trip to Israel. Um, I found it really confusing. So I just really wanted to talk to you about, like, you know, what do you think the key issues are facing Palestinian human rights? And, like, literally that was the first from, like, a women's fashion magazine. And I was like... Wow. Wow. wow, you know, and, and she was like a young woman really wanting to go there. And so some of it has been like really pleasantly surprising. Um, mm-hmm. And then some of it's just, I've really become aware through the promotion of this book of the serious editorializing that happens from mainstream publications on this issue. Um, I've had major publications um, go back and forth with me on language. Mm-hmm. So not wanting to say that Gaza, not being able to say that Gaza is blockaded. I say, say if I said that in an interview, well, we can't say it's blockaded. We have to say it's isolated. And I was like, 
isolated from what i mean like you know president carter said it was you know like an open-air prison and like it's internationally known as being blockaded but you're a national newspaper and we we can't say that or um you know another newspaper you know into uh, the journalist was like well we can't use the term palestinian and what? i was like right well okay <laughs> uh what i mean so we're just we're not can use so it just has to be the West Bank. We can't say it's got to be like Israel and the West Bank. We can't say there's any like what? Palestinian. This, these are your national papers. I know <laughs> but that's I'm not, like I've not finished. Oh, I'm so, <laughs> so sorry. I'm so sorry. And yeah, and then oh, so internationally. So I've, I'm a lawyer by training, and internationally, so across the world, the United Nations right, which is generally seen as the impartial person on, on these things. The United Nations calls it, calls this area Israel and the OPT, which means Occupied Palestinian Territories. That's what the UK government uses. That's what Europe uses. That's also what like the US, like, sec, you know, State Department will use. You know, that's that's the official term. Obama used it. So, you know, the new, again, another prominent newspaper was like, well, we can't say, you know, Occupied Palestinian Territories. We just have to say Palestinian Territories. And I was like, yeah, but like they're occupied they, I mean that's wow. universally agreed so you know and this is a cookbook so and you know the fact that really basic terms uh, that I am speaking are being edited out uh, it was interesting to me um, you know it's uh, I think it's it's a sad state of affairs that we've got to in this country that the the, the, the that major newspapers are editorializing on such a sensitive topic. Yeah. Uh, it's not helpful. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think that I would really urge everyone kind of, if they are interested on this topic, just to be aware that that happens. You know, the difference between describing people, you know, dying or being shot at is, is a big difference in language. Mm. Um, because one implies responsibility and then I, you know, and another, you know, when, when the Gaza attacks were happening, I think last May, um, so Gaza, for people who don't know, is a tiny stretch of land in the south um, west of Israel. It's tiny. It's just like 26 miles long, about six miles wide. About 1.8 million people live there. And for the last 11 years, the people of Gaza have been subjected to a blockade with nothing allowed in or out, like no movement of people. Um, any goods coming in and out have to be controlled by the Israeli army. And in the last 11 years, some of the things on the list that have been prescribed at different times have included chocolate, lentils, pasta, you know, really threatening things. Things that are not allowed to come in. Yeah, is that right? that's occasionally like been on the prescribed list by the Israeli authorities. Um, the people of Gaza are blockaded by, by sky, from the sea and by land. So, you know, it's a very... Um, uh, what was I going to say? I mean, it's 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 a humanitarian disaster, yeah. you know. Um, so last May, um, there was a big protest going on from Gazans who can't remember leave this bit of land, you know, walking up to the wall, and and many of them got shot at and wow. were killed. And and in all the news reporting in the U.S., which it made a big news story in the U.K. actually about how U.S. news agencies were reporting this, were like 50, 50 people died at the at the border, and in the U.K., you know, it was. 50 people were shot and killed by the army. You know, so language, you know, is so important in shaping the narrative. And um, I think because of the fraught political situation here, people are just scared of, of yeah. saying the truth. But yeah. 
I don't want to get all hippie about it, but the truth <laughs> is the thing that's going to set everyone free. You know, like mm -hmm. the longer everyone is complicit in telling yeah. a story that isn't true, the longer this is going on and the longer more people, Israelis and Palestinians, are going to be unsafe. You know, yeah. the mm -hmm. best thing I always used to say when I worked on this as a human rights activist, you know, the best thing for the safety and peace and prosperity of ordinary Israelis is the end of the occupation. Like, mm. that is the only thing that's going to move this forward, you know? Uh, well, we play a game on <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic segue. Uh, yeah, let's play a game. Let's play a game. Can I have one of those Milkitas while we play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you ready for yeah. a game? Yeah. All right. So on Carb Face, we play a game called Lots of Likes, and I'll explain it because Lori's chewing. Uh, it's Lori's game. It's, <laughs> it's Lori's game. Uh, it's, it, you just have to tell us what you like. That's mm. it. But rapid fire. And you just keep going. I'll say, okay. You'll say something. I'll say, great. What else do you like? Or maybe we'll dig in. in the, or maybe not. The, there are a few ways to win it. Uh, there's only one way to lose it, which is just to give up. So don't give up. Okay. Only way to win it is, or the few ways to win it, uh, run out the clock, which you probably will do. Come up I'm with like an answer. You are. You're really into this. Warm up. Get your trainer on the phone. Yeah. Uh, say something so amazing that it just blows our minds and shuts us down. Uh, which an example would be mayonnaise sandwich uh, by Pardon? Joe. Mm -hmm. Mayonnaise sandwich. Like just bread and mayonnaise. Yes. <laughs> which is something that somebody said to us last year. Joe which Yonan. Joe Yonan from the Washington Post. I mean, he's lying. No, he's absolutely not. He's absolutely not. Mayonnaise sandwich. Get into it with him. Ugh. I've had a mayonnaise sandwich. Get into it. I mean, it. I really... I, but then... Isn't mayonnaise the accent? <laughs> Sometimes it's the meat, isn't it? <laughs> uh, or tell me to fuck off. So I can win that way? Yeah. Oh, okay. There's no prize. You sound very cheerful about There's that no prospect. prize, but you, you are going to win this game. Yeah. Absolutely. You ready? Yeah. Great. Yasmin, what do you like? I like chickpeas. Mm. I like um, I like these sours a lot. Yeah, those sours are that great. What else one. do you like? That was a lame one. Um, right. I it like doesn't have to be the food. latest book that I read by John Lancaster called The Wall. It's really dark and, and depressing and bleak, but I really mm. recommend it. Is it fiction? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to see him talk actually next week in That's New fine. York, but I'll date this if I say when That's it is, fine. so never mind. You'll be coming out soonish. <laughs> Yeah, um, but not next week. Not next yeah. week. Yeah, I really like Tetley's Tea, and one day I hope to be sponsored by them if they're listening. Do oh. they know this? No. Should can we tag can we, them? Can we please add them? do? Please do. <laughs> Why it's, do you? It doesn't work with my you know Middle Eastern travel edgy brand. It's like a little. I'm not to say positive things about them. Um, they're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll cut that out. Yeah. Keep going. Um, why? Why? Why are you right? For I love the, I love the tannin content. Yeah. I love the, the the kind of the way it mixes with semi skimmed milk. Ooh. I like the fact that it is just. Oh, I don't know. It just hits all the spots. I've been drinking it for, you know, all my life. Uh, my parents drink it. I travel with it. Um, you do. Yeah, I, I always hunt it down in places. Tetley's Tea, you're great. Make me your brand ambassador. So uh, if no one, if, if uh, people have not heard her, you're... <laughs> What are you I just doing? took a picture of Chris because I remembered that our friend Abby asked me to take pictures of us in process and I forgot. Okay. So, sorry. Jesus. I'm just 
gonna creep shot. Uh, Should I keep going with yeah. things I like? Sorry. No. Sorry. No. Okay. Why? But I want to win. You're very photo. <laughs> you're very photogenic on Instagram, right? You love smiling. I do like you, smiling. You I do. like smiling. You do like, I like smiling. Hugging. You like hugging. Can I take your picture? <laughs> I yeah. just feel like if you could somehow, like, you're right for Tetley's. Do you know what I mean? Like, they should say yes to you. I think so. Tetley's say yes. Say yes, Tetley's. Should we start a hashtag? Yes. Do you guys know their their song? I don't know if it's still their song, but you'll love those tiny little tea leaves in Tetley tea. No? That doesn't ring any bell at all. It was a, it was a jingle of, of theirs from maybe like the 80s. You all right? You'll love those tiny little tea leaves in Tetley tea. <laughs> Lori's. I know is a all of the jingles. <laughs> <laughs> I used to watch. I mean, that's so good. I watch don't a lot of don't apologize. Don't apologize. Oh, I won't. Good. What else do you like? I really like. This is a random thing, but yeah. I just thought of it. So why not? I really like the hand of Fatima motif. Uh, do you know what it is? The Hamza. I do. Yeah, I, do. I really like that. Why? Because uh, my mom's name is Fatima, mm. and also like wherever you go in the Islamic world, I mean, it's also a Jewish um, motif as well. So and I don't know like how like they call it Rachel's something. Maybe uh, someone can let us know. Sure, but sure. it's just it reminds me of the whole Middle East, and and I, I just I love the motifs and the symbols that you see there. Mm. Um, I like yoga, but I'm not a wanker. Uh, so no, but I do a lot, and I, you know, I kind of never ever talk about it or post about it because, like, why would I? But I've always been into well, not always, but for the last like 12 years, I've done a lot of yoga and meditation. But yeah. it feels almost that nowadays, if anybody says that, it's just like oh, wanker. Um, so I'm not. Um, I really like. I really like New York. Yeah. You know, I really Yay. do. Like yeah. I have been coming here more and more in the last few years and just falling in love with it all the Your time. Family here? Oh, my sister lives yeah. here. Yeah. Um, I really like the smell mm. of marker pens. <laughs> yeah. We're going to huff. Now. Oh, that was nice. Okay. I just needed that in order to continue. Is that a good one? Yeah. Now, was that, so a, was that a scented really one? Was that a scented one or was it like a stinky marker one? Don't let me do it again. Was it like blueberry? Oh, wow. It really does smell a little bit. Oh, it is a scented. What? This is just like making people smell them. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. ridiculous. No, it's yeah, not. It's yeah. wonderful. It's a toxic. Is it it's not? It's the best part of wow. going to school. Or work. I've got a story that I wish I could tell you that's related to this, but right. we'll save it for we when we're off there. All right. Um, uh, <laughs> I think we have time for two more things. What else do you like? Oh, what else do I? I really like being warm. Mm. And I really like sleeping. Oh, that's a good one. It's a great way to end. Yeah, you won. You won. You won lots of likes. Congratulations. Thank you. You can take as many of these, what are they called? Chickens and ducks as you like. Yeah, you can have all the Brock's marshmallow. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> How about you can have all the Haichu sours? Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> better, better, a little bit better. Uh, it's a beautiful book. Uh, when I say it, it sounds unpleasant. Please say the title of your book. Zaytun. Oh, that's so Recipes nice. from the Palestinian Kitchen. Yeah. Yasmin Khan, you've been a wonderful guest. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Yasmin. That does it for another episode of Carb Face. Come back next time. Who knows who else fucks? We'll, we'll talk about it next time. Follow Lori on Instagram, uh, Carb Face Pod, doing God's work. Also on Twitter, God's work. 
God's work all around. If God could do it, if God was on social, God would do it. And if you point me and say, uh, God is on social, see, no, shut up. You know exactly what I mean. Shut up. Lori's on. She's doing God's work. Thank you, Lori. You know, God asked me to run the Carb Face Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, mm-hmm. and I said, I will accept this challenge. Yeah. I'm here, Lord. Take me. I, I, I've, I've seen your footsteps behind me sure. on the Carry, beach. Carried me. In the food town. Yeah, in the food town. Yeah. All those food steps. Yeah. Thanks for carrying me. God. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>